Thank you for listening to our podcast. For more information about our church, visit therockonline.org. And now a message from The Rock of Gainesville. So this morning, we're going to continue to dig into that subject. We're going to continue to move along that track. And um, I'm going to get into a subject this morning. I want to give you the subtitle from now because I want you to receive this, this morning and I want you to walk in it in such a way that there's great authority with it in your life. Don't accept the darkness. I'm going to say it again. Don't accept the darkness. I feel like the biggest thing, you guys know I, that part of my gift is teaching, but I, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna to preach a bit today because I want to drive that nail this morning that I want us to be a people who say we don't accept the darkness. We don't just kind of casually roll by and accept whatever darkness is in the situations and in the places and spaces of our lives, but we have confidence in the light of the world and the light of life that we are promised that we're going to walk in. There's, there's, there's some th- promises people want to claim that are in the Word that are not there. He didn't promise me, you know, a Lamborghini and a Range Rover. I mean, I'd take them if, he, if, if, you know, should you test me, Lord. But I didn't get that promise. But I did get the promise that if I followed him, I wouldn't walk in darkness. But I would have the light of life. So let's pray this morning. Father, we are so grateful that you have provided the way, the truth, and the life. We're so grateful this morning that we get to come and get into the word together and encourage one another as your people. And we declare, Father, life, strength, health, wholeness right now in areas of our lives. And we just want to get into this word and really grow as you've called us to grow as your people. In Jesus' name, everybody said amen. Amen. Well, 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 thanks as always to Pastor George and Suzanne for the confidence and trust to allow me to get into the pulpit here and and, and preach the word. It's one of my favorite things about the call in ministry to do is to share and teach in the word. And I I really hope you came. Pastor hasn't said this in a while, but he's said a lot. I I really hope you came with a withdrawal slip today. See, sometimes we just come showing up. But, but I'm going to encourage you to, to, to learn how to come to church. Come to church with a withdrawal slip. You're coming to give. I'm going to leave that there, too. I'll drop that on the side, too. You're coming to give as well. Okay, so don't be that guy who always shows up looking for the buffet to be served you, and you never pick up a plate to serve somebody else. Can I get an amen? amen. Okay, there comes a point. As what, within your means of whatever you can do. You know, there's things, I, 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 I had an opportunity um, uh, recently in a couple situations to bless people just with certain skill sets I've been given. Listen, I can't write big checks all the time, but what I can do is offer them the skill set I have. And if I can be a blessing with that, then you darn sure believe I'm going to do that. And I want to encourage you, wherever your resources lie, wherever your opportunities lay, wherever the Lord has placed something in your hand, be ready to give that, okay? But along those lines, man, I'm giving you guys all kind of bonus sermons today in the spirit of pastor. We've got a little bunny trail, the holy bunny trail. I'm going to call it that, the holy bunny trail. We're going to take them today. Love those holy bunny trails. But come with a withdrawal slip today. Let's read this word, John 8, 12, our scripture that we've been on This month. Again, Jesus spoke to them, saying, I am the light of the world. Whoever follows me will not walk in darkness, but will have the light of life. Will have the light 
of life. That's the promise that we have from the Lord. So let's go back a little further. Verses 1 through 11. Pastor took us through a couple of weeks ago, and we see the situation with the woman caught in adultery and Jesus' gracious offer of forgiveness, not only to forgive this woman where she was, of the sin that had plagued her life, but then to call her up to another level and say, listen, now go. Listen, don't, don't, don't stay there. I'm going to call you up from there, baby. Don't stay there. We have greater things for you than remaining in that sin and repeating it over and over and over again. But I have called you to freedom. Okay, so we had a great opportunity seeing that. And that sets the stage as we get into this verse we just read. I am the light of the world. Whoever follows me will not walk in darkness, but will have the light of life. That promise that's going to kind of color everything that we talk about today. And then verses 13 through 30 in the same chapter. Jesus is in this discussion here with the Pharisees who clearly didn't know who he was. Because if you're going to come at Jesus like that, you clearly don't know who he is. So there you go. They, 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 they evidenced it clearly by their speech. And so the Pharisees and Jesus having these conversations, they're talking things over back and forth. And what he's doing is reaffirming and restating his authority in the fact that he comes as the son of God to do what he accomplished, which was our salvation. And now in the continual process of our sanctification by the work of the Holy Spirit and the word. And then eventually our glorification as we enter into God's presence. Amen. And if you ain't got a revelation of that, keep listening and receive it because it's good. Okay. We've been saved to something and from something for great glory in the Lord and our good, okay? And so Jesus reaffirms those things. And then he comes down to verse 31 and 32, which I want to tie with verse 12 today. And Jesus says this. So Jesus said to the Jews who had believed him, if you abide in my word, everybody say if. If you abide in my word, you are truly my disciples. And you'll know the truth, and the truth will set you free. I had a chance to do a chapel with a couple of the basketball players from Santa Fe this week. And I, I quoted the last part to them. I said, there's people who are atheists who will quote that last part of that verse. Don't even know they're quoting the Bible. That truth will set you free. I don't believe in God. don't believe in the Bible. Nothing. But the truth will set you free. Don't realize they're quoting scripture. <laughs> hey, I'll take it. <laughs> I'll help you then understand the fuller picture. I said, but, but, I said, but guys, let's, let's back it up a little bit and let's talk about what Jesus says here. If you abide in my word, you're truly my disciples, and you'll know the truth, and the truth will set you free, okay? That there's this beauty of us receiving the word of God and living that out, which is what really is the essence of where we're going to walk in the freedom that we're called to walk in. So I'm going to say it again, as I said in the beginning. Don't accept the darkness in our world. Don't accept the darkness. I want to drive that home today because I think we live there a lot of times as believers in this place of acceptance of darkness. I'm going to read that verse again in the New Living Translation. Here's, what, here's how it says it here. Jesus spoke to the people once more and said, I am the light of the world. If you follow me, you won't have to walk in darkness because you'll have the light that leads to life. Tell your neighbor, you don't have to walk in darkness. Tell somebody else, you don't have to walk in darkness. Now, a lot of people choose to in certain areas. A lot of people choose to settle. Why would you when God's provided something greater? Now, don't get it twisted. We're not talking Santa Claus Jesus that some people like. I'll go out here to my, my little Honda or my... my, my 
little economy sedan and lay hands on it and I'm believing it's gonna become a Jaguar and <laughs> believing it's gonna become a Range Rover with the high-end package from the dude in Britain that does all the customizing of the vehicles. That wasn't the promise. If you get to drive one, cool. Take me, take me to lunch, I'll, I'll ride with you. I was in the front seat, I'll adjust the AC for whatever, you need me to do the playlist? Do it all? That's not the promise. But we do have a promise that we can walk in the light in all areas of our lives by the word of God and by his spirit. So let's not just accept that Jesus says in John 10.10, the thief comes only to steal and to kill and to destroy, but I came that they may have life and have it abundantly. If you're going to be alive, then why not? It's like you guys hear me say about marriage all the time. If you're going to be married, then why on God's planet would you want it to suck? If you're going to have roommates... Why would you want to be, oh, yeah, you know, she does and he does. And blah. Why wouldn't you find a way? I got to live with you. Bro, we got to come to some kind of agreement because my house has to be a place of peace. I lived, I lived it when I had roommates before the married days. Listen, bro, my house has to be a refuge, so we got to figure this out. I'm just saying, you smoking weed, I don't smoke weed. This is a real story. <laughs> I... Trying to have a Bible study, and that's not the potpourri that I wanted to have in the house. <laughs> so the types of air freshener, that wasn't the one I was going for. So if we can work that out, I'm going to be really good right now. There's other places you can smoke, my friend, if you need to smoke. <laughs> Just being honest. Hey, if, if you're, why accept? If there's better that the Lord has provided, why am I going to just accept and continue to go with the thing that's there? Listen to some of these that we accept. That's just how things are. Mm-hmm. What you confessing? Yeah, that's just how I am. You know, God, that's just how I am. Come on, guys. I'm 47. Can't change. It does. That's just how he or she is. You know, it just, there's... They're just going to do that. They're going to do them. That's just how my family is. I mean, I don't really see a way forward. It's just this is what we've done, this dysfunction. It's just what we've done. So we're just going to keep doing it because, I mean, why? If that's work, we got to, like, have a meeting. Then we got to, like, maybe bring in a therapist or somebody to talk, you know, and then bring a pastor or other friends or people who see so clearly what's going on that we don't want to deal with, but they'll be honest with us because they love us. So why bring them in? Because that's work. That's just how it is. That person will never change. I can't change in this area of my life. Everything's going to hell in a handbasket. Everything? Everything going to hell right now? Jesus ain't saving nobody. Jesus not redeeming anything. Jesus not healing anybody. Everything's going to hell? Come on, man. Listen to what you say. No, it's not. <laughs> Things are just going to get darker and darker and darker no matter what we do. So let's just tuck in here with the four of us and hope we make it. Why? Why? Because we accept the darkness. We accept the darkness. Let's look at these two words. Let's look at light and darkness in this passage in the Greek. Let's go back here. So the Greek word for light here is, is phos. Phos. 
I think they have the notes up here. So a heavenly light such as surrounds angels when they appear on earth or anything emitting light or brightness, right? In the general sense. But the beauty here in this definition is there's the metaphoric part of the definition. And here's where that goes. This is what I want to focus on and camp out on. Of truth and its knowledge together with the spiritual purity associated with it. Truth and knowledge. Coming from who? From God. Of truth and knowledge together with the spiritual purity associated with it. That which is exposed to the view of all or openly or publicly. So what we see here, let's look at this. Let's, let's bring this down in here. So this light is light that is to bring us truth, knowledge, and spiritual purity from God in such way that it is exposed to view of all. I'm going to say it one more time. Some of y'all didn't get it. So it's supposed to bring us truth and knowledge and spiritual purity from God, which then is to be exposed to the view of all in the world. So when we say light, this isn't just some cute thing for Christmas. That's what we're saying. That's what the word is saying. That this revolution spiritually comes into our lives by the word and the spirit of God. And then it is to be put on display that all would see. If you don't get it yet, say amen. You will soon. <laughs> Second one. Darkness. The word for darkness here is skatia. Skatia. Darkness due to want of light. Darkness due to want of light. And again, we have a metaphoric part of this definition. Let's look at what this says. Ignorance of divine things and its associated wickedness and the resultant misery in hell. Let's do it again. I'm telling you, man, some folks, you can get saved reading definitions sometimes. <laughs> I'm telling you. Ignorance of divine things and its associated wickedness and the resultant misery in hell. So what we see here is God desires to bring into our lives truth, knowledge, spiritual purity in such way that it would be evident to all that it was his work that was done. But what does the enemy want to do? Bring darkness such that we have ignorance of spiritual things and eventually end up living in hell. I think the choice is obvious. And I think it is something that we need to make sure that we don't just accept the darkness that exists we too much want to play with, oh, it's just, it's just a little bit here. It's just a little something here. It's, just, it's not that bad. There's too many of us living in it's not that bad as it relates to spiritual purity, as it relates to holiness, as it relates to seriousness about the word of God, as it relates to all of the things that God wants to do, as if he wants to do a part work. God don't do a part work, man. He does a complete work. He who has begun a good work in you is faithful to complete it until the day of Jesus Christ because God doesn't put his tools down and quit in the middle of the job. He continues until Christ is formed in you to his glory and for your good. Don't accept the darkness. So two takeaways in, out, out of these definitions here. Number one, Jesus' entry as the light of the world brings not just an escape from sin, but the glorious exposure of who he is by the work of God's word and the Holy Spirit. i got to read that again. Jesus' entry as the light of the world brings not just an escape from sin, but the glorious exposure of who he is by the work of God's word and the Holy Spirit. The second one here. The Lord not only reveals himself by coming into the world, but also by his word, by his spirit. And listen to this last part. And also through his work 
in our lives. So like I say, you know, we had the glorious opportunity yesterday to marry, um, marry Gary and Nancy and, and Bert and Teresa's kids yesterday, and I was, I love weddings. It's super fun, exciting, enjoyed. I had the opportunity with Pastor, we tag teamed and, uh, and, and did the wedding together. And it was beautiful because what I have come to realize over the years, being married, helping other married couples, being able to, to, to participate in a few weddings as well, that the assault on marriage is literally an assault on the image of God. It's not about like you could get a little bit better and feel a little bit better and you could have kind of whatever joy you experience, you know, seeing a Hallmark, Hallmark movie this time of year, okay? Like, oh, everybody's sweet and love. That's a benefit. But I want you to see the bigger picture that when there is an assault on this marriage relationship, it's an assault on the image of God. Because what's the relationship that the Lord said represent Christ in his church? Marriage. Okay? So whether or not, and let me get this, this is next level. Come in with me here. Everybody said, come, tuck in real close. You're giving a hug, tuck it in. Okay? There is this idea sometimes that if I'm single, I'm not involved in this. That's not for me. You are, because guess who everybody in here is? The bride of Christ. I'm not, I'm not married. I'm not even engaged. You're engaged at least. Get ready for the marriage with the lamb at the end of all time. He's returning to receive his bride, which we are. So all of this is a prophetic expression that we need to make sure that we say, man, the glory of God needs to be just honored and preserved. And we need to realize that any assault on that, any darkness that desires to come in, we have to say, no, I don't accept that. I don't receive that. You might do stupid. Your spouse might do stupid. Your son, your daughter might do stupid. Your friend who you care for might do stupid. But don't accept that. I had the opportunity to sit down with with, uh, with, with Dayton Ingley. Where's, is Dayton in here or is he he's maybe off serving or making coffee or something? But Dayton, one, another one of Bert and Teresa's kids, he asked me to meet before youth group one week. I hope it's okay. Dayton, wherever you are, buddy, if I'm blowing you up, it's uh, sorry, love you. Asked me to meet, and I was like, hey, what's going on? You want to meet an hour before youth group? I said, yeah, man, come on, let's meet. And I was so blessed by this young man's heart because he had great concern for a friend he felt like was not walking in what the Lord had for him and was making compromise in his life and playing with sin and maybe stepping over outside of what God had for him. And he said, how do I best share the truth with him and love on him and still be his friend, but make sure he's clear that I don't accept what he's wanting to walk out? I was like, my boy. I said, come on, let's go, son. Tucked it in and gave him a big hug, too. Because that is what we're talking about. He could just as a teenage boy say, yeah, we teenage boys, man. It is what it is. But he's saying, no, I don't want to accept the darkness that is coming into my friend's life. God has better. God has greater than that. Why would I want to accept this lack of glory and sanctification that God wants to bring? This lack of holiness that God wants to bring into his life because yeah, we're teenage boys and it is what it is. Why? Because we, we settle and we accept the darkness and we shouldn't because God has greater. Because if we're called, we are called to receive the light of life and we don't have to walk in darkness. Mm. Here's a couple stories for you I want to share. 
there's two people that have been incredibly inspirational to me and my, my, my walk of faith, and, and, I, and I hope to give them a hug, fist bump, high five when I go to heaven one day. Um, one is Richard Wormbrand. You probably know Richard Wormbrand's story. Some of you, he was one of the founders of um, The Voice of the Martyrs. It was originally specifically a ministry in, um, in, uh, to the communist world, but it then became The Voice of the Martyrs. And uh, he was a Romanian Lutheran minister who's imprisoned and tortured for standing against communism. And the reason why was not because he was like, I'm a super political guy. It was that this doesn't square with Christianity. This does not square up with God's word. That was the issue that was faced there, which is why he spoke so strongly against it and eventually paid with being imprisoned. And he and his wife, Sabina, were also, again, like we said, the founders of the Voice of the Martyrs. So I want to tell you a story from his book. If you haven't read it, I encourage you. It's not light reading. It's short, but it's not light reading. So if you get an opportunity, get his book, Tortured for Christ, and read that. And just, just, sit, just take your time and read through it and sit there and realize the price people pay for their faith and what they walk out. And he tells the story of a scene when in the concentration camp, they're in line. And he said the only thing they offered them for food was what he, what he labeled dirty soup. He said this is gross, nasty soup that was just kind of whatever they could put together. It was liquid and it was what it was. And then stale bread. That was all they had. So you want to talk about not accepting the darkness. Here's what he said. He said those of us who were stronger would take a portion of our soup and a piece of our bread and give to the brothers who were weaker. He said, that's how we could give while we had nothing in prison. I won't accept darkness. As difficult as my situation is, God, you are greater. I can still give. I can still trust you. I can still have hope in you. When everything around me looks like there's no chance. When everything around me says there's nothing to hope for but God. But God. While I'm crying, I'll tell you the second story. Because <laughs> they get me every time. Most of you know, oh, my man, I love you, brother. Big Ricky. He is a big teddy bear, if y'all don't know him, man. Oh, wow, that should probably shouldn't. Sorry, sound guy. My bad. Jesus. Corey Ten Boom. You guys know the movie The Hiding Place or the book The Hiding Place? What a story. I had the privilege when I taught public school, I taught history and world geography. And I watched the movie and I thought, they left this in the public school library? Because then Corey at the end of it gives the whole testimony and shares and speaks about the light of the gospel. And I was like, every year I was like, 
It's still in the library. We're still playing it. The gospel's being preached right here in public school. Amen. Hallelujah. Praise Jesus. But Corey's story is so powerful. She was a Dutch watchmaker who worked with her father, Casper Ten Boom, and her sister, Betsy, and other family members to help many Jewish people escape from the Nazis during the Holocaust in World War II. And what they did was hid them in their home. She was in prison with her family, including her father, and he died 10 days later after the beginning of that imprisonment. Eventually, she was sent to Ravensbrück concentration camp with her sister, Betsy. And her sister, Betsy, also died in the concentration camp. Just tough story. But here's what she says when later in life she becomes a Christian writer and public speaker and tells her story all over. Listen to this quote from her. No pit is so deep that he is not deeper still. With Jesus, even in our darkest moments, the best remains and the very best is yet to be. I'll read it again. Just listen to that. Considering her story and what they went through. No pit is so deep that he is not deeper. Still, with Jesus, even in our darkest moments, the best remains and the very best is yet to be. I cannot imagine being her. These people came in. They took over my country. They're imprisoning the Jews. They're killing people. We are trying to save people because we're convicted that that would be the godly and God-honoring thing to do. They now have come into our home. They've arrested our whole family. I go to this concentration camp where they've dehumanized us, and they expect to work us until we die or to kill us first. My dad dies, and then in the process, because of the disgusting and horrible, inhumane conditions that they had in these places, my sister dies. But no pit is so deep that he's not deeper still. With Jesus, even in our darkest moments, the best remains, and the very best is yet to be. I'm encouraging you today, don't accept the darkness. The very best is yet to be. What are you expecting? What are you meditating on? What are you considering will be? I have three things for you. How do we reject the darkness and embrace the light? And before I give you these three things, here's a principle. The greatest way that you fight the enemy is not shouting at the devil or telling everyone you're a Christian. It's by obeying the word of God. You want to kick the devil in the face? You want to do spiritual warfare? Show up on the scene and come hell or high water, I will obey the word of God. You might cuss me. You might take my stuff. I might have less money. I might have fewer friends. I might get hated on. But I will obey the word of God. Hands raised and saying, even if I'm in a deep pit, he's still deeper. Even if I'm in a struggle, he is beyond the struggle. Even if I don't feel loved, he loves me. On a day when none of y'all seem like you might love me, he loves me. On a day when it seems like everything is going to hell in a handbasket, we know it's not because he is the savior of the world. 
When it looks like darkness is coming in on every situation, the light of the world has already come, that we would have the light of life. So don't accept that darkness that may be trying to come in and say, you know what? Above all that, I'm obeying the word of God. The one who quietly obeys the word of God does more than the person who may shout for an hour in prayer to then just get up and not obey God. I'm saying, I had a, I had a football coach, Coach Lang, um, love this guy, man of God. And he had such a steel in his spine as a man of truth. I was so inspired by him. And I love the fact that he was one of my mentors growing up. And so he was my football coach for two years. No, three years, actually. He was on the varsity squad, too, for three years. And I asked him when I went back to visit when I was in college already. I said, man, you were always so great. I said, faithful. I said, I just want to tell you I appreciate you as a leader and a coach, as a mentor in my life. He said, man, he said, I stay in the word and I stay in prayer. We're standing right outside his class in the public school right there. And he said, he said, every day, man, he said, I'm in, I'm in the word and then I'm in prayer. Every single day, he said, I have to be. He said, because the enemy's coming at me. And no, I don't know what my calling is. And he's trying to come at me. So I got to stand and be prepared and be ready to stand for what the Lord has given me to do. Uh, man, I'm telling you, he just absolutely left an indelible mark on my life because it was this man who simply said, he didn't jump up. He wasn't yelling at anybody, shouting anybody down. But everybody at school knew Coach Lang stands for these things. Coach Lang stands for this type of lifestyle. Coach Lang is a man of truth and a man of faith. And even the people who didn't like him, and I had teachers who were like, oh, we don't believe all that God stuff. Coach Lang, come take the football team to pray. They weren't going to say anything because it was Coach Lang. It was kind of like that. It was kind of like the Lord said, you know what? Let me just slide these people out. Go ahead there, big Al. Go ahead, do it. Do your thing. Because he said, I'm not going to accept the darkness. So here's three things. First one, Jesus came to defeat the darkness to save us. Okay? He came to defeat the darkness to save us. John 1, 11 through 13 says, this, He came to his own, and his own people did not receive him, but to all who did receive him, who believed in his name, he gave the right to become children of God, who were born not of blood, nor of the will of the flesh, nor of the will of man, but of God. So number one, we begin there. And we'll give a minute for those of you guys who have not yet received that to pray this morning. If you've not yet received that, that's the starting point, the starting line. So he came to defeat the darkness so he could do what? He could save us. Begin this work of salvation. Secondly, Jesus came to defeat the darkness to deliver us. This is where we jump down to John 8, 31 to 32. So Jesus said to the Jews who had believed him, if you abide in my word, you're truly my disciples, and you'll know the truth, and the truth will set you free. Many of us get saved, and this is where we're getting to the practical aspects, and we accept the things that are already in play in our lives. Some of you this morning, I'm going to get right in your lap. Some of you this morning are walking through and dealing with things that you have not yet been delivered of because you don't yet receive the fullness of what Jesus did on your behalf. Hey, I'm saved. That's good. But we're just going to keep dealing with the same thing. I know we've been cussing each other out forever, so we're just going to keep doing it, but we're saved now. I know my money is funny, but, you know, we're just going to leave it alone because, you know, it is what it is. It's just what it is. It's been what it's been, and it's going to be what it is. It doesn't have to be. You can choose to say, Lord, can you bring light into this area of my life? I know I haven't talked to my brother. Into, thank God I, ha I have. Me and my brothers have a great relationship. 
I'm just, this is an example here, you understand. I haven't talked to my brother in two years, you know, and it's just the relationship's broken. I got saved now, but, you know, why would I believe anything else would happen? You can, you can just accept that, or you can say, you know what, by the grace of God, I'm going to begin to pray. I'm going to begin to believe. You know, when my father wasn't saved and I was a teenager in high school, I was, I was feverishly hoping and praying that my dad would get saved. I was like, I would leave tracks in my, I think I told you guys this story. I would like tape a tract in his car to his steering wheel. <laughs> like my dad was going to read that right before work and then get saved and everything would be okay. <laughs> but, but then I hit college and the Holy Spirit came to me and said, hey, listen, man, um, stop. What peradventure will you mean, Lord? <laughs> stop preaching to your dad. Well, uh, in your word, it says that we're supposed to. How are they going to believe without a preacher? He said, love him and serve him. Because at that point, even as a young man, I hadn't fully loved and served my dad with a right heart. I did stuff because he was my dad. I had to do it. He said, no, no, go to another level now and love him and serve him. And so I shut my mouth. And I, I shared that same word with my siblings. I said, hey, guys. You guys are in for this. This is what the Holy Spirit spoke to me. We're just supposed to love and serve Dad. I'm going to fast and pray once a week if you want to join me. You're welcome. That was it. Till the glorious day when I found out that my dad had gotten saved. Didn't even call me. I was like, could you call me and let me know, man? Been on this fasting schedule. It would have been helpful. I like to pick up, eat. I like food. Help a brother out. I say all that jokingly, it was a glorious day, sitting in my living room talking with my dad. And, and you see, sometimes, again, we don't realize that the Lord wants to save and then deliver from some stuff. Some of you guys are dealing with serious bondage to sin in certain areas, and I believe the Lord wants you free. In just a little while, we're going to have a prayer team up here. I believe some of you all need to get free. Stop. Stop accepting the darkness that exists in certain areas of your life like it just has to be. No, it does not. The Lord is greater than everything that will try to come against his glory. Every assault on his glory, which is going to be for our good when it comes into our lives, can be dealt with because of the greatness of who he is. And we as his children get to receive that. And we'll know that truth. And the truth will set us free. And the third one, Jesus came to defeat the darkness to keep us. Let's read those two verses again. So Jesus said to the Jews who had believed him, if you abide in my word, you'll truly my disciples and you'll know the truth and the truth will set you free. Everybody say abide. abide. I love what, what the King James Version says it this way. If you continue, 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 embrace what he is saying. Okay. I love the relational side of everything, right? I love seeing the chosen and seeing how, you know, the reality of Jesus coming into our, our, our space and literally embracing us. Now, here on this side, we're not receiving that physical embrace, right? But it's a spiritual connection that takes place. And we get the ability to continue in that belief, continue in that faith, continue in the embrace that the Father provides us in the ways that he shows us, part of which is through relationships, which, huh, go figure, why would the enemy come against relationships so much, especially amongst church folks? How about that? 
because part of the human experience is the physical touch and embrace and the relationship and the community. Why do you think the enemy wants you out of church? Why do you think the enemy wants you questioning the person over there in aisle four of section three? Do they have my best in mind? Well, why did Pastor George say that? You know, he's just mean and whatever else. And Pastor Hector said that. You can never be mad at Pastor Hector, though. That's my, my boy. I, I'm, I don't think I've ever been mad at him in our years of friendship. We've disagreed sometimes, but, you know, my boy, Dominican Stallion, that's him. But, but you realize that's why the enemy comes against these relationships. Is it always easy? Go ahead and answer no. <laughs> but if you have issue, that's why I'm going to encourage you all, the next time we have communion here, when pastor stops and says, man, if you've got something you need to deal with, some of you all need to put your cup down and go back to row four or five and talk to the person before you come up here. Some of you all might need to do it before you give your offerings. She's going to leave that there for you. <laughs> what is it? Accepting the darkness. Well, we had this issue. We had this falling out. It's not going to change. I guess we're just going to leave it there. Why? Because it's hard? That's not enough reason. That's not enough reason. How many of y'all fish? Fishermen, where you at? Used to. <laughs> Used to. How many of y'all play golf? How many of y'all like to go to a sporting event of any type? How many tailgaters in the house? How many home improvement people, like DIY? Yeah, are, are any of those things always easy? No, but what you do them because you want to. You do them because you want to. And I'll reference a sermon I, I, I preached about four or five years ago called Discipline Your Desire. Go look it up. It's on YouTube. Discipline your desire. There's a place where we have to say, Lord, I need you to help me get my desires aligned rightly. My, my desires properly focused so that I'm going towards the things you want for me. Some of you don't want it enough yet, but you need to because it's darkness coming into your life and space and God wants to deliver you from it and deal with it in your life. Whether it be a sin, whether it be a broken relationship, whether it be something you have out of order that needs to come into God's design and order. Don't accept the darkness. Thank you for listening to our podcast. For more information about our church, visit therockonline.org.